Hello and welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. My name is Julie Hogvin and I am the creator and founder. This podcast covers every aspect of conscious leadership and the conscious leadership code. And if there is a particular example or angle or subject you would like an episode on, please reach out and let me know and I will create it specifically for you. I'm going to share a true story on this episode, number 207, and I'm also going to put a link in the show notes that if you, at the end of listening to this, you would like to attend an event on the 20th of May in London, and I have to say 2023 in London, follow the link through. Um, There is a breakthrough day from the person that I am going to be talking about in this episode. So what do I want to share with you? Last week, I was invited to do an hour-long talk at a five-day event on day two, and the event was the Emotional Change Therapy five-day program. Now, I sat this program in January 2023. It's run by Imran Ahmed. Look him up. He's doing some fabulous and phenomenal things. The The man is a powerhouse for what he does and what he knows and then how he expresses it and explains it and gets you to understand it and actually go through the process and the experience. So I did the event in January. I got invited back to the April five-day event to do an hour talk on conscious leadership. Now, there's another reason behind that, which is not what this episode's about. So I get there for day two with the bag packed to stay overnight to day three, just in case the event didn't run to plan. Because these things happen. I'm smiling as I'm saying it. For for those of you that go to events of this nature, you will know what I'm talking about. So the talk didn't happen on day two. So I stayed for day three. Talk didn't happen on day three. I came home because my overnight bag was packed for one night. Went back the following morning and ended up basically staying for the rest of the event, so for for the next four days. But what happened as part of that is that because I was attending the event, A, I met some fabulous people. That's one thing. But more importantly, and that's what I want to talk about on this episode, Imran chose me out of the audience to do a process on And it was to do with something that's holding you back, something that you want to change, something that you want to have more choice in. So me being me, I I was a bit nervous, to be honest. I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, what's going to happen? Because, you you know, you're doing it in front of the, the, the audience. And then I thought, well, okay, whatever comes up, comes up. We'll work with whatever it is that comes up. Now, interestingly, so I work with my unconscious. I didn't know, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have anything chosen. It wasn't that I knew it was going to happen. So Imran asked me a question. I went into my unconscious to find something that I needed to make different emotional attachments to. And the first thing that popped up was an experience I had when I was about six or seven. And this is what I'm going to explain. So please listen through to the end. If you want to ask me any questions, please do. I'm an open book on this sort of stuff, because if I can do it, you can do it. We can change our lives, take control of our lives. Even when we don't actually really know there's something we need to work on. I have not, I had, I had 
a good upbringing. I had loving parents. There was never any issues. I went to decent schools. I was, you know, I was brought up in a loving family. My parents were actually married 69 years. I was the youngest of three, two elder brothers. My life was was good as a child, and I know not everybody has that great fortune. So when I look back at my childhood, I don't think there's anything to be healed, to be mended, to be looked at, to be worked through. So I'm sitting up on the stage on the chair. I go into my into my unconscious to work out what's the thing that I want to do this process on. And what popped up was an experience when I was six or seven. And when I was six or seven, so I live in southeast London, well, North Kent, southeast London. There's a place called Abbey Ruins in Abbey Wood. And it's an old monastery that was decimated um, when I think it was King Henry VIII abolished all of the monasteries. So it's an old ruin and it's in a wood. And growing up, there were always rumours of witchcraft and satanic things and, and things happened. So as children, or me as a child, I was told I wasn't to go there, not on my own. If I, only, if I ever went there, I went with an adult. Well, me being me at the time, out with my friends, they they choose to go to Abbey Ruins. I'm not going to let get left behind. I go with them. So part of me, and and back then I was a really quiet child. I didn't really say boo to goo. So you sort of used to hide behind my mum's skirt. So I I go with my friends to play, knowing that I shouldn't be there. So I'm already rebelling and breaking a rule. So we go up to the ruins, we go down through the woods into the ruins and we're playing hide and seek. We're playing hide and seek and I find a really good hiding space. So I'm hiding, someone else is seeking. I find a really good hiding place and I get myself stuck in it. I can remember what I was wearing. I had a blue anorak on and brown coloured trousers that used to have the stirrup under the bottom that went under your foot to keep them down, like, you know, long I find this hiding place, and I and and this has come back to me over the last you know, last week. I felt safe. I was hiding. There was nothing wrong. I was playing a game, and I was playing the game, the rules of the game. So I was being very quiet. And remember, I'd already broken the rule of my mum telling me not to go there. And I shared this story last week, and I don't think I have ever shared it with anybody before, because nothing happened to me. I came away completely unhurt. I came away with my friends. I was not, I'm going to say, interfered with. Nothing happened to hurt me. And this is the memory that come up. But what did happen? I'm hiding. And remember, I've said I'm a very quiet person at this point. I don't speak out. I sort of don't say boo to a goose type individual at this point in my life. You can see how much I've changed. So I'm hiding. I found a really good hiding space and sort of quite suddenly in front of me, there is an, an adult male. And I remember I've got my hood up on my anorak and there's an adult male standing in front of me who says hello. Now I'm hiding. I don't remember saying anything back, but I looked up at him. And as I looked up at him, he reached down and stroked my neck and said, what a beautiful neck. It reminds me of a swan. So I remember the words. 
Now, I didn't say anything. I didn't shout. I didn't kick out. I sort of went into that freeze mode, you know, fight, flight, freeze. I think I went into the freeze mode. And I also think because I was playing hide and seek, I was hiding, but I couldn't. But I, through this process last week, I also remembered I actually didn't move. I remember staying crouched down. Now, with an adult adaptation on that, you can probably imagine that the guy was didn't have good intent towards this young girl who was hiding in Abbey Ruins. But what happened was, I remember thinking... I've hidden too long, but I didn't want to leave where I was hiding because I didn't want to get found. So I'm hiding. There's a whole raft of stuff going on here. And what happened was not my friends that were we were playing, you know, playing hide and seek with, but an, another adult come round the corner of the ruins. And I think he had a dog. I'm not sure. But he must have seen me crouching down and this guy over me. And he said something. I don't, and I can't remember what that was. But the guy that was telling me I had this beautiful swan-like neck sort of got up, got on his push bike. He was like on a racer bike, got on his push bike and cycled off. And I remember, don't know who it was, somebody shouting at him and saying something like, where are you going? And his response was Tipperary. And then I don't really remember any more of it, as in back then, but you know, I'm here today. So clearly I got home and all the rest of it. So this whole process that we went through last week, that was the scenario that popped up into my from my unconscious for me to do something with. And it was really interesting because when you think about what that was for me, A, I didn't have a voice. I didn't say anything. B, I was hiding. So I wasn't out there. C, I didn't move. So my freedom, if you like, was restricted. Now, there's reasons, I think, why all that was going on. But it's the combination of all those things together. Now, throughout my life, my one of my biggest, well, my highest value has always been freedom. I don't like being restricted. I, I reject being told what to do by anybody, even sometimes paid mentors because they're telling me to do something that isn't coming from me, which is madness when you think about it, when you're paying mentors money to tell you what to do. And over the last couple of weeks, I've had this thing in my head about, am I coachable? Am I? And I'm wondering if this is all to do with it. Anyway, so through life, um, if you put restrictions and shackles on me, I I will take my freedom. Now, I don't run. Of course, I don't. But I consciously and with a structured thought process work out why I leave and how to leave and I do I don't stay places never have once I got freedom of choice as adult I've never stayed anywhere that I don't want to stay what I've done over the years and this is really important for everybody to understand what I have also done over the years is to create my voice And I say create my voice, as in, remember I used to say, I used to hide behind my mum's skirts. I didn't have a voice. I was a very quiet child. Up until, I don't know when I learned to have my voice, but when I first learned to have a voice, I didn't have the voice that got me the result I wanted. So I would go from being very quiet 
to being very loud and, and, and I'll say it, aggressive. I would not, I didn't know how to express my voice. And over the years, I've learned how to do that. So now when I talk, I can express my voice in any situation to anybody for any reason, whether that be somebody I have worked with, whether that has been a relationship that I've been like your personal relationship, whether that has been at work, whether that has been in my own business, whether that has been to somebody who is mentoring me or coaching me, whether that has been to somebody I've met at an event, a checkout operator, um, you know, a complaint to a utility company. I have learned how to express my voice in a way that enables people to hear it. It enables people to respond to it. It does not allow them to walk over me, but it's done in a way that attracts them to me to resolve the issue. And that includes on social media. And there is a big sway. Um, and some of you will have seen it. You get warrior keyboards. Or what they, they're not warrior keyboards. They're warriors on keyboards. They become a keyboard warrior. Nearly got that right. And they will say things, I'm 100% sure that if they met you face to face, they would not say to you. So there is a protection on the distance away from somebody and especially through a screen. Now, my voice, whatever I post on social media to whoever in agreement or disagreement, I would say exactly the same thing to them face to face. Now, there is a way everybody can learn to do that. And these have been freedom and having a voice, standing up for injustice, getting the message out there, whatever it is, however you do it, whether it's to a bad boss, to a bad leader, to somebody that's pissed you off walking down the street, whatever it is, you learn how to express your voice in a manner that allows it to be heard. Now, I've learned all of this over the years, but I hadn't ever associated it back into that experience when I was a young child. But of course, a lot of who we are is developed between the ages of you know, birth and seven. As lots of research indicates this, it's sort of when we are formulated. Now, why am I sharing this with you now? Is because part of me has been completely closed down. As much as I've expressed myself, as much as I have my freedom, part of me somehow had a boundary around it. It was restricted. Now, until I did this process, this intervention with Imran last week, I didn't even know it was an issue for me because I'm out there. I'm expressing myself. I've got my freedom. But what's happened since is that the restrictive boundary that I had that I didn't know I had has gone. And it's a weird sense of lightness, of non-restriction that I'm now carrying with me. And please hear this, I didn't even know I felt restricted. So this emotional change therapy, A, it is a, it is a set of tools, it is a set of processes. Anybody can access it and anybody can learn it. And Imran is sharing this knowledge like you would not believe. Um, I'm now, if you like, qualified. I've got my certificate. If you know me, you know I don't really value certificates, but 
um, it means I've gone through the process. I've now gone through the whole process twice, once in January um, and, and once last week. And, and of course, me being me, I've joined the mastermind that is attached to it. So for those of you listening, you know that's the sort of thing that happens. But, and this is the reason why, because I am not an expert in these tools. I have learned them and some of them are so quick and so fabulous. I am becoming the expert. There's one tool that takes about one process, it takes about 10 minutes and I'm not exaggerating, 10 minutes max. And if you are feeling anxious about anything, the anxiety goes, it disappears. Now I can do that for you. There's another one. If you've got a real high emotional charge about something, five minutes, it can go. You drop through the emotion to a different emotion and you carry on dropping till you get to a, a place of, of peace and calm, whatever that is for you. Now, techniques, they're, they're based around NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, but it's not that. It is so much more because it's emotional change linked into the heart. Now, and that is not woo-woo. That is actually hard fact. So do some research if you want to look at it. But what I'm what I'm sharing this message with you today, why I'm sharing this message with you today, and this is really off the cuff. You can probably tell I have not planned or scripted this in any way, shape or form. I'm sharing this with you today because you do not have to be broken, as I hear a lot of people say, to actually reap the benefits of emotional change. I am not broken. I have not had an abusive childhood. I have not had huge emotional trauma in my life. Yes, I've been married. Yes, I've been divorced. Yes, my eldest brother has died. Yes, both my parents have died. But I've always had food on the table. I've always had money in my pocket. I've always had love around me, apart from since mum died in 2018. So you don't have to be damaged. You don't have to be broken to access this information. You know, if you're working for yourself and there is something that is in your way, whatever that is, you know, whether you procrastinate or whether you get anxious about creating a marketing message, this emotional change therapy, emotional change transformation will truly, 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 truly help you without any doubt. I cannot express how much. Now, the other side of this is, of course, if you have had an emotionally harsh upbringing, an emotionally harsh, bad, poor relationship, abusive relationships, whatever you want to call them, and I'm not labeling anything, anything, it's just everything is on a spectrum. You go from love to hate, you go from joy to sadness, you go from grief to living life on your terms. So there are so many different spectrums we sit on. We're all at a place on, on them, all of us. And we're all at different places for different reasons. So I really want you to think about, if nothing else, come to this breakthrough day on the 20th of May. I'm not affiliated. I'm getting no kickback on this. I just really, truly want this message to get out there. I truly, really want this message to help people. So it may not be you, but it might be somebody you know. 
Come along, find out, bring them with you. I think it's something like £34 a ticket. It's West London. It's the Langley area. Um, so just outside of the outside of Slough, just at the beginning of the M4, outside the M25, for those of you that know the area. Um, it, you know, there's free parking at the hotel. So all you've got to do is get yourself there. Now, if you want to reach out to me, please do. I will answer any of your questions. If any of you are feeling anxious about coming to the event, I'll do a process with you to get you to the event. My offer to you, because this is so, so, so powerful. So that's this episode, 20th of May, Emotional Change uh, Breakthrough Day. It's advertised on Eventbrite. It's by Success Psychology. Imran Ahmed is the guy that leads it. I will be there. I will put the link to it in the show notes. So if you really want to come, please have a look. And if you just want to look on Eventbrite, please do that. Um, And I truly hope to see you there. I truly do. Anyway, it might not be you. It might be your mate. It might be a friend. It might be a partner. You can come together. You can come on your own. Just have a look at it. And remember, nothing sits in isolation. Everything is connected. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Conscious Leadership Podcast. And if you have found it useful, please leave a review. And if you have found it useful, please share it with others that will find it useful as well. If you want to know more about my publishing, please follow me through to the Amazon author page. And if you would like to follow me on any of my other social media channels, please do, which also includes a YouTube channel.